A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Happy Monday, folks. Welcome along to the Monday Agenda. Today, I'm going to be talking about Celtic's 6-0 win over St. Mirren at the weekend and some of the comments in the build-up to the game from a Mr. Neil Lennon. Unfortunately, in 2021, I have to talk about racism in the Scottish game. Once again, we are talking about racism in Scotland. And then I'll finish off with some of the transfer roundup. Georges Giacomacus seems to be the name that Celtic are chasing this week. That deal should get over the line this week. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about him, what he's going to bring to the team, and some of the doubts and concerns that I might have about that transfer. Let's get stuck in. As always, before I get into the topics, if you're new here, if you're not new here, if you're a regular viewer, if you're not a regular viewer, hit the subscribe button below, like the video and leave a comment as well. It helps the channel grow. You may have noticed that the name of the channel, some of the things have changed around the channel. It's now called Breakdown Inc. It's a fan media hub. We've got new podcasts coming along over the next couple of weeks. That's going to be really exciting. So if you want to see all of that, if you want to see the regular videos as well, hit the subscribe button below. You'll get notified every time a video goes live. So let's start with Celtic 6, St. Marinel. So for the second league game in a row, Celtic have won 6-0, Abra got two, Turnbull with a hat-trick and Odson Edward got in on the action as well. It was another demolition at Celtic Park. The red card certainly did help matters but I think Celtic were on their way to at least a 3-4-0 victory without that red card anyway. So it's hard to digest and sort of analyse a 6-0 win because it was, I mean, it was an absolute demolition. Celtic were dominant from the very very first whistle to the very end uh, on the 82nd minute Celtic were 6-0 up at this point and they were they had five men chasing the ball up front trying to get into the final third the stats from the last three games have been absolutely insane Celtic have been dominating all the possession they've had a mountain of chances amazing amounts of shots and their xg has just been off the scale 6-0 again for the second game in a row in the league. It is very promising. It's a very promising start for Celtic in the league and something that they didn't have last year. Celtic were winning games at the start of the season last year, but they were sort of stuttering and stammering over the line. They look to be the real deal this year. One thing that I do want to talk about in this game and one specific that I think is important to note is Callum McGregor's position as a number six, the midfield, the starting midfield in this game. So and changed it up a bit in this game. He went for McGregor as a six. He went for Christie as the number eight, which was the first time that this has been done this season. And David Turnbull was playing as this sort of number 10, the link man between the forwards and the midfield. 
this worked amazingly well, as you can see with David Turnbull's hat-trick. So Callum McGregor, what does he bring as a number six? He brings something different that a Sorrow or a James McCarthy is going to bring. He brings control of the game. And against teams like St. Mirren, against teams like Dundee, against the lower teams in the Scottish League, that's going to be vitally important. You don't need to play Scott Brown there as a centre defensive midfield like Celtic were last year. You don't need to play Sorrow there because you don't need that sort of protection from the counter-attack because Celtic are going to be the dominant side. Celtic are going to dominate possession. So you want Callum McGregor there. You want him to be controlling the game, controlling the pace. So that frees up a lot of the sort of baggage that David Turnbull was carrying last year as a number eight because he had to control the game. He had to control the pace of the game. Callum McGregor was shackled between trying to control the pace of the game and doing defensive duties while Scott Brown was running into tackles. This was the issue that was highlighted multiple times last year. And it's just starting to click now because David Turnbull was playing not as an, an out-and-out number 10, but he was playing as the attacking midfielder as part of that three. Ryan Christie was the, the engine of the, the team. He worked his balls off. He got involved in the attack. He's very, very important when it comes to implementing the high press from midfield because once Abada goes, then Ryan Christie is gone as well. He is pressing up on that St. Mirren defence. He did a lot of the dirty work for Celtic at the weekend, but also he's getting involved in the attacks as well. And then that frees up David Turnbull. I think David Turnbull as a number eight plays a little bit too deep when he's playing on that right side. And I think this th mid midfield three, which... I think Alan has been crying out for on the huddle breakdown over the last couple of weeks. It works. It works perfectly well. And it is an exciting venture for Celtic to finally see these three people in midfield. Plus, it frees up room up front where you don't have to play Ryan Christie as the right or the left. You can play him in midfield. That frees up room to play for Hashi in the middle with Edward on the left or vice versa. You can play Abaddon on the right. You can play James Forrest on the left. We have a lot more options in the team, a lot more roles that these players are able to play and a lot more fluency within the team. So I think it was a really exciting game, another demolition of a team that Celtic should be demolishing. But one thing that I do want to talk about is the comments in the build-up to this game from a Mr. Neil Lennon. So, I mean, he's been doing the rounds over the last couple of weeks and rightly so, he's an ex-Celtic manager, he's going to get media work and he was on BBC Scotland uh, before the game talking about some of the issues at Celtic last season. And he took issue with the fact that people think that the players are playing now for Ange and they weren't playing for him last season. But he also says that the fans have had a massive impact on the game. So I actually have his quotes here. I'm not going to quote him out of context. I'm not going to, you know, just say what he said. These are his exact quotes. So when asked about the fans return to the stadium, whether that has an impact, he said, not only to the club, but to the players, I think that's what's evident now. So he thinks the fans had a, a big role to play in the return to form to Celtic. Then he continued on, I take exception to the theory that they weren't playing for me and they're now playing for Ange. Because the year before, for me, they were incredible. We beat Lazio and won the treble, but when the lockdown came, it affected the players differently. We were in the midst of a pandemic. Players were coming into the club after being sold that Glasgow was a great city. There would be no, there would be big crowds and a nice social life. They had none of that. I'll continue on. He spoke about Odson Edward then and what he was bringing to the team last season. He said, you could tell in pre-season that when we went to France, his body language wasn't with us. 
the, the former Celtic captain adds, it says on the BBC website, I think he was in the mindset that his representatives uh, were going to get him the move that it was in the offing. He had scored 28 goals up until March 2020. He was sought after by everyone. Then the pandemic came. We had one bid for odds in, in the summer, but it was nowhere near the valuation of the players. So that's Neil Lennon's comments pre-game. He's entitled to his opinion. If he thinks that Celtic now are doing this, winning 6-0, battering teams that they lost to last year, playing with the amazing pace and quality is down to the fans returning, then that's his opinion. I think it's insane to presume that the players who played horrendous last year, Shane Duffy, who is now flying for Brighton once again, the three in midfield, Tom Rogic, who has returned to form, are doing it because the fans are back in the stadium. I honestly, I find that find that pretty hard to believe. And on Odson Edward, I believe that Odson Edward wanted to leave the club. I believe that he did not play to the standards that Odson Edward had come to. You had come to presume that Odson Edward would would give you, but Odson Edward was Celtic's top goalscorer last year. So whether his body language was right or was not right, he was scoring goals for Celtic. Not to mention that Odson Edward was key to the treble winning season that Neil Lennon loves to bring up. And I just take issue with the fact that of all the interviews that he has done in the post of his Celtic career, not once has he said, maybe I was the problem. Maybe I had some role to play in the fact that these players weren't fit enough, they weren't good enough. The transfer situation was a mess and two successive managers now, having taken over from Neil Lennon, have said the players weren't good enough, weren't fit enough, weren't anywhere near fit enough to play their their game plan. So I don't have an issue with Neil Lennon doing media work. I don't have an issue with him talking about Celtic. I have an issue with him just pawning off the blame on absolutely everyone else and not taking any responsibility. I've seen six-year-olds take more responsibility than Neil Lennon has taken for his role in the collapse of the 10-year-old last year. So I was extremely annoyed for about five minutes after I read the interview, and then Celtic won 6-0, and that was gone. So the idea that Neil Lennon is going to ruin the season for Celtic, absolutely not. Let's move on to a topic that I didn't think I would be talking about so soon into the season, and that is racism within the Scottish game. So we've all seen the video Everyone's seen it on Twitter of the Rangers fans being racist towards Kyogo Furuhashi on a bus. And the response has been quick and hard from Celtic. You have to commend them. They've come out strong against this video and the uh, contents of the video. The response on Twitter, I'll get to in a sec. The response on from Rangers' behalf has been poor, to put it mildly. I've looked around. I've been on their website. I've been on their Twitter page. I've looked in the newspapers and so far I haven't seen a statement from them. Um, now, that may come in the next couple of days or may come in the next couple of hours, but there has been no official statement from the club on this video. They have spoken about it in a way. A Rangers spokesperson said after their game that Rangers condemns all forms of racism and discrimination. Those who partake in such behaviour are not representative of the club or our loyal support who have stood by us through thick and thin we are currently investigating to identify the individuals involved. So I, I do take issue with that because 
and this is something that is not just a Rangers situation. This is a problem that happens every single time a club, or say England, for example, are racist and are copying racist on video. And their first response is to say they are not representative of the club. They are. They're your fans. So they are exactly representative of the club. And this is a problem within football. You can't pawn them off as not football fans, as not real fans, as not Rangers fans, because they are. They are going to your game. They are supporting your club. They are buying your merchandise. They are buying your tickets. They are fans of Rangers. It happens all throughout the world, be that the England team during the summer where people were saying that they are not real England fans. They are real England fans. That's the problem. And if you keep pawning them off as not real fans, then that sweeps it under the carpet as something that is not your problem. So that's an issue that I take with the Rangers spokesperson and what he said. Secondly, it's amazing that Rangers have not released a statement yet. That may come, as I said. The response on Twitter has been just depressing, as always. One person in particular saying that grassing is as bad as racism. Highlighting it is not is not a crime. Racism is a crime. I mean, how deluded to the fact of your support for the club can you be that you think that grassing on someone, grassing in inverted commas because they used it, that phrase, is worse than what was actually going on in that video. How morally whacked do you have to be for that to be your response? And it's turned into a Celtic versus Rangers thing again. This is what I said about Glenn Kamara and the situation that was going on then. How is this a Celtic versus Rangers thing? This is a human who is being racially abused by a group of fans who support Rangers. That's not anti-Rangers, that is anti-racism. This is not a Celtic versus Rangers thing. This is not an old firm thing. This is not a one, one-upmanship one thing. These fans deserve to be punished for what they're doing. And hopefully that will come. Hopefully the SFA will punish them. Hopefully Rangers will punish them because they deserve to be punished. And especially because of what happened Glen Camara last year and how strong the support was from everyone else in Scotland and from the uh, just how loud the Rangers were shouting about it and how much they supported their their player, rightfully so supported Glenn Kamara when he was racially abused, they need to be strong on this. Do I think they will be strong on it? I have my doubts. Because of the fact that they haven't released a statement yet. They might be investigated and they might release a statement. They might ban these, these fans for life. I don't think that's going to happen. It's depressing that I even have to speak about this. So I'm going to move on to the transfer updates. The latest transfer for Celtic this week is that Georgia Giacomacus should be done this week. Whether he's coming to the club or whether he's not, we should know by the end of the week because Vivi Venlo, who he plays for, their CEO, Mark Bodgers, he said that he wants it done and dusted before the end of the week, regardless of who he's going for. So he said that this week, it has to be concrete. We won't wait until the last day. It is important to keep calm, to do the right thing and to get the best for the club. So. It'll be done by the end of the week. Either way, it'll be done by the end of the week, whether he's come to Celtic. If you haven't heard or haven't been following the story, the 26-year-old, he's a Greek. He plays centre-forward for VVV Venlo. They're in the second division of the Netherlands League. They got relegated last year. He was playing Eredivisie football last year. He scored 26 goals in 30 games last year in the Eredivisie. He was one of the top goal scorers in the league. And he seems like a pretty decent player. Now, 
there's a lot to like about him. There's some doubts that you have to ask as well. Is he going to repeat that 26 goal tally if he was in the Eredivisie again this year when people know how to mark him, when people know how to play against him? That's something that you have to be aware of. Was that season a one season wonder in terms of just his career in general? Did he explode onto the scene? Was he a player that is seen to be someone who could repeat this year in, year out? Can he continue on that form in Scotland? Can he build on that? Will Celtic give him the platform to do so? There's a lot of questions that have to be asked when it comes to a centre forward because these are the guys you're relying on to win games. So Kyogo, I mean, he's hit the ground run. He's a fan favourite already. He's my favourite already. And if Giacomakis can come in and repeat what Kyogo is doing, then absolutely I'm all for it. I just haven't seen enough of him to make an informed judgment. So I'm going off what I'm seeing from Boys Analytics, from other people on Twitter. He seems to be a good player, but I'm reserving judgment for that. What I would say about this transfer is that if Giacomakis come in, comes in, is that odds and word out the door? I think it could be. Um, I think that Celtic would be would it would be unlikely that they'd be going for a striker at the minute if Odson Edward wasn't leaving because I know we need backups there, but at the minute Celtic can play Christie, Forrest, Abada, Kyogo, Edward, Ajeti. I'm leaving Lee Griffiths out. He's not playing for Celtic ever again. That's they've got six, seven options up front. So I, I would doubt that they would be spending two point five million, which is the reported fee, on a player if they didn't have some money coming in, first of all, and secondly, if they didn't have a hole that they needed to fill a little bit. So if if Odds and Edward leaves, if Giacomacos comes in, then it's a big week for Celtic. I think Edward has been you know, he's he's starting to pick up his form again, he's starting to get fit fit again, and I think he's been a great servant to Celtic. So if he leaves the club, I'll do a video about him because he's been one of my favourite players over the last five years. But Giacomacus, he seems to be on the way. Either way, it will be done at the end of this week. So it might take a couple of days, but we might see a new striker come to the club. And that will be five signings, if I remember correctly. Five signings, which, I mean, with Juranovic coming in, with Starfelt coming in, with Kyogo coming in, Abada coming in. So that, I mean... All four of those players have been, or Juranovic hasn't played yet, but the three of those players have been solid so far. So if Juranovic can pick up where the rest of them have picked up, picked up and just hit the ground run at the club, if he can do that, then Celtic will be looking at a really strong squad here, really strong start with AZ coming up this week as well. Hopefully they'll have European football. So it's an exciting time. I'm positive. People have been asking me to be positive. I'm being positive. Here we are. Breakdown Inc., Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. This was the Monday Agenda. You can follow us on Twitter as well. The Breakdown Inc. is where you can get us on Twitter. And you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify as well. That's where you'll get all the podcasts as well. So thank you for watching the Monday Agenda. We'll be back again with the Huddle Breakdown Wednesday or Thursday this week. We'll probably do it on Thursday, given the fact that the AZ game is happening. So either way, we'll be with you at the end of the week. Good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.